What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 66.4. And we're continuing our playthrough of Nino Cooney, Wrath of the White Witch. Today I have with me Matt. Hello, hello. And yeah, playing through some more of it. I don't want to say I've hit my stride, but I feel like I've hit my stride. Whoa. I don't know. All right. Let me put, let me, all right. <laughs> let, let me, let me, the next let statement me back is so up. confusing coming from you. <laughs> let me back up a little bit here. I have learned to cope with the stride of what this game wants me to do. So in other words, it broke you. It, it yeah, it broke me. Forced you to play by its rules. Yeah. I had, I have to, every time I do something, I then have to grind in an area and then do it. And then I go to the next area and then grind and then do it. And that's, that's how it is. I don't want to do it, but I do it. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this game. It's been, uh, it's been many hours where I feel like that's been the state of things. Yeah. I just really hope there's some type of decent payoff for story. Um, have, save it. Maybe. Have you beaten this game, Matt? I have not quite beaten the game. I was barreling down towards the end of the game. Uh, I think I only have one more sort of section left. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then I had to hop on a plane and head to Memphis. So, um, that, that's where I am. I, I essentially quote unquote beat the end boss, but then there's still stuff to do after that. Okay. Uh, so that's where I am. And unfortunately that's where I'm going to stay for a few more days as I'm still mid travels. Gotcha. So last thing we did was we got a map that told us where the three stones that we need to finish off the Morn Star uh, wand that Oliver has retrieved, and they're in three different locations. I'll tell you what, I think it is a little bit of a missed opportunity not to have these new wands have slightly more of an impact on the game. You know, it seems like that's, I mean, you level up in many ways in this game, but these wands are almost like your gate checks in some sense. You can't hope to beat anybody, certainly not Shadar, unless you get better and better wands. Yeah. And there's, there's so few of them that I feel like it should be impactful. But really the only difference is in the type of uh, treasure chest you can open. It seems to be the only real effect tied to the wands. I mean, I get, you're, you're always getting new spells and stuff. And some of them, I think, only can be done... I guess it's hard to tell because... You can't. Can you switch back to your old wand? I think so. Okay, so I wonder if there are spells that you can't cast with your old wand. Although I guess there's no reason to ever want to switch to a lower powered wand. I right. I doubt. I doubt that they would restrict you in that way. I don't know. It just it feels like a sense of progression. I mean, it, I feel I got, like it's a story maybe, maybe element. Yeah. 
your mark as a wizard, though, right? You gotta have your wand. Yeah. At least in this universe, you gotta have your wand. And it, early in the game, they make such a big deal about the wands that I kind of thought that each new wand would bring with it some, maybe a new gameplay element. I don't know. Yeah. Something to really make it feel different or more powerful. So, um, I've been sticking with the same party as far as the familiars go, because I am to the point now where I'm too far gone to try and level up another one because I have metamorphosized, uh, mighty to its final form. I metamorphosized, uh, Esther's main familiar to its final form. And I've been playing for probably five, six hours and they're just now hitting like the late teens. And I, uh, have you taken any time to do some toko farming? I can't catch them. I have trouble with that too. So here's what happened. Uh, at the beginning of this part of my playthrough, I decided to look up a few things. The first thing I looked up was, um, you know, I was, I was kind of like at work just browsing the internet, just looking for some strategies and stuff like that. The, the toko things was one of them. The other thing was that there are, um, there are merit badge rewards that you can get that give more experience after a battle. There's also a really nice one where if there's any orbs left on the battlefield after it ends, it automatically collects them all. And I said, those sound like really neat, uh, abilities. So let me try and get some of those to which I then tried to finish a lot of the side quest stuff. I also took on a bunch of monster bounties. Those things are pretty easy and they, some of them reward you with a ton of merit stamps. Yeah. What I didn't realize was, was that you have to purchase all the abilities that are in the first row in order to unlock the second row. <laughs> and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So I can't just pick and choose what I want. No, I have to get them all and then move on to the other row. And so yeah. I, I have yet to get any of the ones that I wanted, even though I did a ton of bounties. Certainly seems like another maybe potentially lost opportunity to have a bit of a tree, right? Yeah. Like you could be a guy who is experience heavy or is orb heavy, like because there's at least two abilities there to cause more orbs to fall and then suck up more orbs at the end of the battle. I mean, you, you could maybe tailor your character a little bit more if there were, if the tree was unlocked. So that took a lot of the steam out of me when I realized that. Uh, so I stopped doing bounties. Although I did pick all of them up, and if I'm around one of them, some of them require you to be on the ship, and I'm like, I'm never getting on that ship again. <laughs> because it's slow, and I keep running into enemies that I don't want to fight. But yeah, so on with the story. We have to go get these three orbs. Now, I looked at the fact, and I went by the fact, on where to go first. Can you do these in any order that you want? Absolutely. Okay. They're, they're, these three are sort of all interchangeable. Well, the thing is, is that I feel like there, 
the areas were were gradually getting harder, which makes me think if I started in Yule and moved over to the glittering grotto, whatever it's called, I would not have been able to do that. I think that one was definitely the hardest of the three. Also the longest of the three. The, The enemies in that area were crazy difficult. But I didn't, so the boss fight, alright, so the, the, there's three boss fights, there's a boss fight for each orb, right? Mm-hmm. The boss fights have now turned into, I'm going to control, manually control Oliver, and then at the end of the fight, Oliver's the only one left alive and I'm just casting spells the entire time. Really? See, I don't, I don't really find myself Casting that many spells other than healing spells. Well, that's what ends up happening. And I don't under, I don't understand why this game is way more manageable whenever it's just Oliver that's alive. The, it, it feels like at the beginning of a boss fight, I'm trying to micromanage so much stuff, like trying to keep Esther alive so she can heal and trying to do this and that, that... I was literally like that last boss fight. So the one with the, the wolf, the ice wolf, we're, we're skipping around, but I mean, it doesn't really matter which order you do these in. So it doesn't matter which order we talk about. In exactly. So I did the, the, the ice wolf was the last one I did, but I, I found the battle way easier. It took a long time, but it was way easier when everybody else was dead except for Oliver. And I would just switch back and forth between my puss in boots or whatever, the cat, have him yeah. have him slash at him until he does a big attack, then defend, switch back to Oliver and defend, and then heal when I needed to. And if there was a, a you know one of those supercharged orbs, I would then cast the the fireball spell, which did a lot of damage. That was ten times easier than me trying to manage everybody in my party. Yep. So I I I certainly agree. Uh, that same fight for me, I, I had the same experience. I think it took a long time and most of the time I was by myself. Uh, and I, and I've had a bit of a change of heart where I basically stopped trying to keep the other two alive. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes I'm spending the first quarter of the battle or so or half the battle doing that and not getting any damage in. Whereas if I focused on just Oliver from the beginning, that's my best chance because not all the spells are going to target me and the other characters are going to be distracting the enemy. So that's my best chance to just focus on Oliver and actually be able to get more damage in with my familiars. Yeah, I don't. So, uh... Yeah, I kind of in, in many of the battles, I just kind of abandoned the whole idea of protecting my party members. That's like a huge design flaw. To me, like why? Yeah. you know, it, it's it's basically like why are these other characters here then? Yeah, in the end, I think to me that's the biggest failing of this game is your your partner's AI. It's horrible. It's just, it's just bad, and it's unredeemable. I mean, I, I think we could go back and forth about the battle system itself because I would agree it's loose, but I actually like it, and I think that may be a preference thing. But I don't think there's any justifiable rationale for the way your characters behave there's no in-game rationale there's no you know from a gameplay perspective rationale they're just just bad 
So did you do them in the order of the fact? I, let's see, I don't know what the fact order says. Uh, it was, uh, the, the wolf was last, uh, the, um, the skeleton pirate was second, and then the first one, hell, I can't even remember the first one at this point. First one was the Vault of Tears, right? Yes, the Vault of Tears. I did the ship first. Okay. And then the Vault of Tears, and then the Ice Wolf. Okay. So I did Vault of Tears first. I forgot about that. The Vault of Tears was... Uh, was kind of cool, actually, I thought. It was a decent little dungeon where you get turned into frogs, and uh, you run into, which is basically the the frog, the prince that gets turned into a frog. Um, it's it's like an alteration of that story, and he's there. He's lived for like thousands of years, and he has lost everything, including the love of his life. But there's a frog that's rainbow colored. That oh look who it is. It's it's his guess princess for or wife or girlfriend or whatever um but yeah the boss in this one is like a giant uh cobra cobra i guess it, it, it's it's got yeah, pep, the cobra king it's got it's got humanoid features but it's also definitely a snake um i didn't have any trouble with this boss fight it, like I said, it did end with just Oliver alive, but um, the one with this one is uh, if you cast Burden on it, which only works like 50% of the time, it gives you the now's your chance thing. Automatically? Yeah. So um, that's what I did there. Uh, and then we are able to free the... Um, the frog prince from his uh, curse. He is no longer a a frog, and him and his fiance or wife live in Alma Moon together. And we also get the first orb. The uh, second orb is on a pirate ship, a big giant pirate ship, like a ghost ship. Basically the shortest level in the whole game, I think, right? It really is no level. It's just two boss fights. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a beef with this, too. I had trouble with this one. Like, I died multiple times here, and this is where I had to grind. Mm. Because the first fight isn't particularly difficult, but they also whittle down your health. The first fight is with a robot pirate thing. And... um my issue then is is that you immediately go into a second boss fight and you're still damaged. It doesn't like refill your health or anything like that. Yeah, it's not the last time that's gonna happen. Yeah. And um then the you know, the 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 pirate king or whatever just beats the living crap out of me. I had to um restart this multiple times because he can also he has these attacks that always hit no matter what, even if you guard and some of that stuff is steal your health and heal himself and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's funny how something like that, like again, depending on your level, could just be insurmountable. Yeah, or or at least feel that way. Maybe again, maybe not because 
it it is interesting to me again how it can feel like impossible. Like there's no way I can beat this guy, but just well, we already talked about it last. You know, the, the idea that you can block and it'll do less damage to you, and then it gets you more orbs. It potentially gets you the yellow orbs. I feel like the way you play a battle can really swing a battle, but I also feel like you're either way under leveled or you're way over leveled, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, dictating the outcome of the battle and levels. And I feel like I get lucky sometimes. Like I feel like sometimes I just get lucky. Like he didn't do this certain atti- attack this time, or it, it just feels like it's like it's totally RNG sometimes. Or like I'll do a boss fight and I get way farther in the boss fight than I did the previous time and I did nothing different. Mm. And I don't know, it's it's weird. Uh, but yeah, after beating him, we get the second um, orb. His story is that he and his crew were cursed, and even after they died, they're still alive, sailing around because they stole the orb. And they had a curse put on them. Uh, That'll happen. Yeah. Thieves. And then finally, the the last one is the glittering grotto, which is a cave in the ice town area, which is called Yule. Yeah, this is uh, one of two cities here in a row where I didn't realize there were weapon shoppings, weapon shops in them at first. Yeah. And maybe it was continuing a bit too far with some real crappy weapons until I finally realized there actually were weapon shops. And I went back and, man, that feels good when you can upgrade, like, your whole team all with new weapons and and armor. The problem I have with that is that all the weapons sold there are elemental. So... Going up against an enemy who is resistant to fire, my fire blade is not going to do crap. Yeah. So I don't know. I uh, I I did not purchase any of those weapons, even though in retrospect now I should probably should have got the fire blade to go into the the ice cave. Yeah, I didn't buy many here, mostly at the next one. But it's just that it, I didn't realize at either of these cities that there were weapon vendors. Well, yeah, because there's only one vendor and they have everything there. Which is um, funny because I don't, I don't really ever go to the other vendors. Oh, I go there to get I mean, coffee all the time. See, I, 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 I haven't bought coffee. Oh, man, I need it. I have to. I can't make it through a dungeon without using coffee. Which coffee restores your magic points. Yeah, I, I just... I decided early on that it wasn't worth it. It's just too expensive. It is very expensive. I bought like four cappuccinos and it was 10,000 gold. Man. And it's just ridiculous. But I don't know. Yeah. I'd... Yeah, the, the town's small. Uh, we get some winter clothes for for no reason. It's, it's cold. Yeah, and, and of no use anywhere else. Yeah. As far as I know. So, um, we go into the cave. Uh, cave's a little bit longer than the rest of these. Um, it was definitely longer than the Vault of Tears. I had a little bit of 
trouble in this cave, certainly. I definitely did. Because I... there's also some offshoots. Like, you can be fighting enemies, and again, because they're tough, it's, it really is taking a lot of your magic points to stay healthy. Uh, and, you know, I feel like you're, you're, my resources were drained much more quickly in this dungeon than in, in many of the, the recent ones. But more than that, I had a problem. I don't know if you ran into this issue, but there's a point where you have to hop over a little ledge and it crumbles. Yeah. And then I died. And that ledge does not come back, even if you restart the dungeon, even if you leave the dungeon, even if you leave the continent and come back. That ledge is gone forever. Seriously? Yeah. And I was like... I. I think there's a glitch in the game. I can't progress because I can get right up to where it was and there is no way to get across. So how did you, did you just have to restart? No. Well, I spent, (laughs) I guess in in retrospect, maybe it wasn't terrible because I spent like an hour in that cave grinding. uh, And then I finally gave up, looked it up and apparently it does break and apparently it's supposed to break and it's never supposed to come back. But there was like a like a baby Yeti or something that you can talk to. Oh. And if you talk to him, he says the the way ahead no longer works. Walk walk this way. And you can actually walk through a wall, which feels like a second glitch. And you basically just I, I guess it's kind of like a shortcut. One, you basically they block that way so that you don't go the long way through the cave. And there's a shortcut from roughly the entrance to deeper into the cave by going through a wall. Really weird. I, I didn't expect it. I didn't know what was going on. Even when I did it, I was like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll go with it. But I saw that guy, and he I couldn't walk through the wall or anything like that. And I, just, I just went through the dungeon like normal. Yeah, not until it breaks. I think as soon as it breaks, I think you can walk through that wall. Huh. That's weird. So, yeah, it's weird... I mean, I guess if I had just talked to the Yeti earlier, I would have figured that out and would have not had any problem, but I didn't know I had to talk to him. Huh. Well, and I thought maybe there was a second... Well, I guess there was a second way, but there it wasn't one that I could see. Yeah. There was two Yetis that was blocking ways. Yeah. That's weird. I did not know that. I did notice that when, it, when the thing crumbles, it didn't come back, and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm doing this now. Yeah, I'm in. But I made it through there. The I I experimented here, so I I'm able to metamorphosize my cat, the Puss in Boots or whatever. I metamorphosized him. He started at level one, and immediately died. And I said, okay, I don't have the time to grind to get this guy back up to level thirty something. <laughs> so I'm gonna stick with him for now on. Oh, you, you, when you restarted, you, what, you reset your game and then didn't? I had had already saved the game right before that fight. Mm -hmm. So I just chose not to metamorphosize him. Uh, locked in. I, I have to. I mean, what is what? Level level two then? No, 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 no. Like, like when, when I died at that one, I loaded my last checkpoint. Like not, I didn't restart and lose guilt, like Gilder. I just went back to the title screen and then loaded my last save. 
Right. Which was like two minutes before. And then chose not to metamorphosize him. Yeah, so you left him at, at Form 2? Form 2, and he's like level 35 now. I like. I don't know why this game expects me to... Why would I choose to metamorphosize something when it's going to take literally hours to get them back to what strength they were? I think the short answer is the game's forcing you to grind anyway. <laughs> and yeah, but even, I guess just assuming you're going to grind, and then if you're already going to put those hours in anyway, might as well make them a Form 3. I... Uh... It, it, it's it's way more hours than than just normal grinding. Because my mighty, that is now like level seventeen or eighteen, is still completely useless in battle. Yeah. So, no, I'm not. I'm not going to get stuck. Stick Oliver with two low level characters. That's that's. You, you need some tokos. Well, if I could catch them, how do you catch them? Do you mean catch them on the overworld or catch them because even within the fight they run away? No, in the overworld. I can't even get initiate a fight against them. Did you get the reward that speeds you up in the overworld? Yeah. Then I think the only other thing you can do is sneak up on them. You know, at least get close to them before they see you and start running. Where, where's the or or catch them on the island if you go back to the, I guess form one tokos. Yeah, on that little was it Sunrise Island or there's only one there and it rarely ever spawns. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of luck there. I actually randomly encountered a couple of them, probably three of them after the. Next city. Did you make it to uh, Perdita? I haven't went there yet, no. Okay. Just outside there, I encountered three of them randomly, and they were Form 2 Tokos. Okay. I, I didn't even know they were Tokos when I fought them. I just happened to be in a in a battle, and I saw their jelly bean-shaped bodies. Knew it was them. Okay. And then immediately, I, I said, all-out attack. I, I switched my command or whatever to... Have everybody attack the same person. Yeah. And then I tried to get my character on the outside of the Toko. You know, because they basically, as soon as you get into a fight with them, they start to run away. And you need to kill them before they exit the, the, the perimeter of the fight. Right. Which is a pain because I've lost a bunch of them that way. Over half of them. Hmm. They give you like 6,000 XP though, right? Yeah, I think the Form 1s give you 2,000. Yeah. And the Form 2s, I think, give you, like, 3,000. Okay. It's not bad. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not bad. It, it'll level you guys up. I mean, at a minimum, basically, it jumps the entire party up, like, two levels on average or so. Hmm. So, I mean, if you kill two of those, you you, you go from 17 to 21, all of a sudden the Mighty's re relevant again. So, in that... In that area where Perdia is, like on that road to Perdia? Yeah. Okay. I'll take a look, see if I can actually do something. But, uh, yeah, so 
after going through the glittering grotto, we um, we take on the uh, the ice wolf. I can't remember what the full name is, but um, I beat Cerberus. him. What now? Cerberus. Is it Cerberus? Yeah, mm. or Cerboreus. Cerboreus or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, beat him with just Oliver left alive. And um, then uh, we get the last orb. And uh, he tells us a little story. His story is that um, he was the the servant and protector of the king wizard. Yep. Wizard king. Wizard king. And um, he was uh, he was left to protect that orb, but he notices that there's something going on in the background, and uh, we like obviously that's Shadar, and uh, the uh, the power of the orb uh, kind of corrupted him. Which is is cool. Like another one of my not not struggles. I don't think it's necessarily a failing of the game. But there's so many like side characters in this game that could have been more interesting if the game was the kind of game that fleshed its characters out. Yeah. Like I, I kind of wanted to know more about maybe you know maybe I'm still just a 12 year old boy and a big ice wolf is just cool and maybe that's the end of the story. But you know, seeing him fighting him, hearing his little story, I'm like, oh yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'd like to know more about that. It's certainly not going to learn more about it, but. Yeah. So, um, we then got all three orbs. We go back to the pirate who gave us the, the, um, map. And, um, there's an issue. The issue being, uh, the orbs will not fit in the, uh, in the wand. So we then take it back to the great sage of Hamlin, which is Swain's brother. And he says, well, I can't fix it, but we know what the problem is. The problem is that we got the wand from the past. And these orbs are from now. And obviously the wand has changed throughout the years so we're not able to put the orbs in the wand to make it full again. But there is somebody who could. And it is another great sage. It's the fourth great sage. Uh, Kadala? Is that what it is? Or is it Kudula? Uh, I'm sure how you pronounce it. Well, she's the last great sage. She is... She was the princess or the queen of, um, it was the cloud city up in the sky, Xanadu. Yeah. And about five years Kulan. ago, was that? Kulan. Kulan. And about five years ago, Shadar went up to that city and completely destroyed it and killed everybody that was there. Uh, so we don't know where she is. She's probably dead. Um, so as we are leaving Hamlin, 
we notice a person standing there who's wearing the armor of Xanadu. Swain's like, hey, I know that armor. We need to go talk to that person. When we try to talk to them, we can't understand them. So we use the uh, spirit medium ability to then uh, speak to this person uh, because they are dead. And they tell us that, oh, the queen is not actually dead. Uh, she, I can feel her presence uh, to the north. So we're going to head there. I had a question while this was going on. So in order for us to talk to this person, we had to be able to talk to the dead using spirit medium. Mm-hmm. We didn't get spirit medium unless we optionally talked to Horace in Ding Dong Dale. So my question is, could we even talk to this person way late in the game who is part of the story if we didn't have the spirit medium spell? Did you did you get spirit medium from Horus, or did yes. you get that early in the game and then use it to talk to Horus? I'm pretty sure I got spirit medium from Horus. Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember when I went back because I never talked to Horus early on in the game. I went back at some point. I guess it probably was before this. So even if you did get it from talking to him, I probably would have had it by this point to talk to the. Xanadu warrior. Yeah. I got to look this up because I, I really need to know this because <laughs> could if, the game be that broken? Could that, could the game be that broken? So, uh, knee, no Cooney spirit medium spirit medium. Um, spirit medium is a spell that allows the caster to talk to the spirits of the departed both good and evil the spell was given to Oliver by the spirit Horus when they first meet in Ding Dong Dell so <laughs> is it possible that's two comments let me read this com- these comments here All right, so can you miss spirit medium in Noyino Kuni? <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Um, that's not helping. I, I really, then- I, I have to know. I have to know. Yeah. Yeah, because then what do you do? You get to this point, again, you think, well, the game's broken, you Google it, then you go talk to Horace, then you come back, and that's that's the answer? You can't progress until you Google the how to progress? Uh, missed spell, possible spoiler. This is on GameFAQs. Um, I need spirit medium to talk to that pretty soldier from Hamlin. 
but where the devil is it and how did I miss it? Search Ding Dong Dell again. Ignore this. I was sleepy when I put this up and played that part. That's what that person said. <laughs> so you can't miss it. That's fucking broken. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't obviously catch that and then just give it to you early and say, hey, you need this to talk to Horace. Yeah, they, sh- they should have had a cut scene in 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 Ding Dong Dell where Oliver says, hey, who's that boy over there? And then you get spirit medium. If it's optional, I would be so upset right now. Or even at least gave you that cut scene that shows you Horace or shows you a kid running away so that at least if you were playing and paying attention to your surroundings, you would have – there's some expectation that you would have it as opposed to him being basically hidden anyway. And then the, right now the expectation is you would not have spirit medium. Yeah. That's crazy. That's pretty weird. I cannot believe that's in this game. <laughs> that you you in order to progress the game, you have to find an optional NPC who is hidden. He's behind the fountain. I just happen to walk around the fountain because I'm one of those weird completionists who's like there may be a treasure chest behind here. And you didn't you didn't know about Horace until I told you about him on the first recording. Yeah, exactly. I would have not found him, definitely not gone back for him, had you not talked about him. Oh, my God. That's broken. That's just broken. That's all there is to it. And there's no, I mean, I guess the one easy, maybe easy fix would have been to have a comment, like when you try to talk to the Xanadu lady, to have a cutscene at that point that says... Oh, I need to go find some ghost or something to get the spell. Yeah. Which, you know, just some way to at least tell you that you've missed something. Yeah. Or just have spirit medium be given to you by one of the people that you've helped that give you all the spells and stuff like that. Yeah, just lump it in with any of the other ones. Exactly. That's stupid. Because they do give you a bunch of spells that have no discernible need like you don't need most of the spells at the time you get them yeah. they're just random so spirit medium would not at all have felt out of place in any of those dumps that's fucking wild <laughs> I cannot believe that but it's it, it can happen somebody on GameFAQs posted it so. I wonder if anyone else who's playing this game did it happen to you yeah, I want to know that too. Oh my god! So I'm pretty sure I would be pretty frustrated. I would be really upset. I would, I would, I would be. That would be the first order of business when we talked about this podcast. <laughs> would have been. Guess what I found out? This game's broken. Which is funny because if you did know that and you looked it up on Google. It's the easiest thing ever because at this point in the game, you can travel anywhere, anytime, immediately. And it's not like you, there's any hurdle to you getting to Horus. It's true. Which makes it even more like weird at this point in the game when you've leveled up so much. Like, well, you just can't progress because you missed something. 
it's not a challenge. It's not anything. It's just, yeah, you missed it. That's it. We didn't tell you about it. You didn't find it. Go that's, get it. That's a joke. That That's a complete joke. Anyway, back to the story. So the, the ghost from Xanadu tells us that their queen is still alive. So another great sage is alive. We've got to go find her. Uh, and we head off to, what was the name of the town again? Perdita. Perdita. Is that a town or is that, because it looks like, I looked that on the map. I'm, I've saved right there where it's at. It looks like a ruin. Yeah, it's kind of both. So there are people walking around living there? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's set up. It's almost like Yule where it's a small town. Gotcha. Like, more like maybe an outpost or something. Should I buy then, weapons here? Yes. This okay. this is the place you need to buy weapons. All right. They are expensive, but as far as I know, these are, well, these are the best ones I've found. I got you. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. But yeah, that's where I stopped. I didn't get very far. I mean, truth be told, I probably put around five hours into this. Uh, probably more than that. Now that I'm thinking about like all the bounties I did to find out that I couldn't cash in on those bounties the way I wanted to, at least. You just have to do some more to open up that second tier. Yeah. Well, you know what? They can kiss my ass. <laughs> I'm not doing any more of those because I, I gave you my hours and you fucked me. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. I said, all right, game, you, 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 you've, you've won. Let me do this and then I'll do it. And you find yet another way to piss me off. <laughs> and I was just like, are you kidding me? I just want the extra experience. I've unlocked that tier now, but I can't, I don't have enough like stamp cards to get it yet. And I'm like, there's a pretty good stamp card right when you get to Perdita. Okay. It's a llama with culinary interests. Okay. So you need to bring him some, well, cause he's sick of eating hay. So you need to bring him some fancy foods from around the world. All right. Like half or three quarters of which I already had in my inventory. Right. And then you get a large number of stamps. I, I don't know if it's seven or eight stamps, maybe just from doing this one thing. Have you done any of the bounties? A couple of them. Man, some of those give you like six. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really focused on them, but this llama was just too many stamps to pass up. Yeah, I don't know. I may, I may, I don't know. We'll see. But at this point, like, I might as well just start grinding. Yeah, I mean, you talked about sort of hitting your stride. I do think that the game for me got a bit. If not more fun, at least easier to manage when I did spread out that grinding. Like I sit yeah. down, if I always just grind for 20 minutes and then go do story stuff, I find that story stuff to be easier to get through and then more fun, more interesting. And at least, you know, the grinding may be slightly boring, but at least it's not frustrating. Right. Whereas if you just go straight into the next area that you're underwhelmed for, it, you know, it's just, it's just aggravating. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I did find it to be a bit more, you know, e an easy flow to my gameplay when I, you know, just grind a bit, then do a section, then grind a bit, then do a section. That's basically how I'm approaching this game at this point. But yeah, that's where I stopped. Um, do have a couple of emails. 
I'll bring them up. Let's see here. First one comes in from Jason. Says, uh, hi guys, uh, just got a few quick thoughts for this week for you. Let me start by saying I am enjoying the game, the basic story and plot, and the visuals, music, and animation. It is a fun and enjoyable game, however, I do not think it will earn my place in my favorite games. The biggest lacking element is the story is uh, and the depth and character development. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I can look over the fighting system and some of the other issues, but there needs to be more. I enjoy the stories that have some internal conflict or development for the main character, but it never seems Oliver has any issue immediately picking things up and moving on to the next thing. It seems like he fills the, the wizard manual without any effort or practice. He will be the strongest wizard. Um, the, uh, these should not just be words of power that just have, uh, that just having is enough. Oh, and I do agree with the game. There would be improved with more voiceovers. Keep gaming, Jason. Thank you, Jason, for that email. And yeah, that's one of the biggest problems I have with the story is that Oliver... He doesn't earn anything? Well, it's not about just earning stuff. It's it's like, let's go here. Okay. Let's go here. Okay. And it, like, there's no... Everybody's just along for the ride. And like... I, I, you can chalk it up to they're just kids. Like Oliver's like 12, I think. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, give me some flavor at least, you know, just instead of like, let's go here. Oh man, it sure is cold here. Yeah. Well, let's keep going. And then we, yeah. I mean, he never does figure anything out really. No. Things happen to him. He doesn't cause things to happen. Yeah. And then when things do happen to him, he's just like, Oh, well, that was weird. Let's go. And I'm just like, yeah. come on. And it's hard. I, I don't know if you call that the story or if you just call it characterization or if you call it kind of, I don't know, not, not the style of the game or the theme of the game, but I mean, it, it kind of, I kind of expected that going in just based on the visuals. I didn't expect it to be a deep character driven game. But even having, even saying that, it, there's a bit less than I thought there would be. Everything about Nino Cooney screams this is a kid's game. The visual style, the quirkiness, the way the characters act. It's always kind of comedic in some way, very whimsical. But it's not a kid's game. Like yeah. The, the, it, everything, the presentation, the story, the characters, it all comes off as if we're watching like a, a you know, a high production children's animation. But then you sit down and play the game and it's highly complex, the battle system. I could not see a a ten year old kid getting into this battle system or actually enjoying half of it. And I'm yeah. just like, who is this game made for? I've asked myself that multiple times playing through it. I'm like, you know, who 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 who's the target audience for this game? Yeah, I mean, had the characterization and the story been deeper and maybe a bit more emotionally complicated, I would I, I would say it's exactly for me. I love it. 
but because they do end up, I guess it's just shallow. I mean, I don't know. They they just lacks that depth. It does make it feel like it's targeted for kids, which kind of muddies the the target audience. That's you know, I I have I have the same feeling with this game as I did Earthbound, where. I wasn't going into this game thinking, or I wasn't going into Earthbound thinking there was going to be like a, a very complex story. Yeah. And then, you know, at the very end, we like, oh, we beat the, we beat the aliens trying to take over Earth. I'm going home now. See ya. That's exactly how Nino Cooney is. Yeah. <laughs> I swear if I get, if I get a, an ending that's kind of like that, I'm going to be so disappointed in this game. Yeah, I am too, but I won't be disappointed in that moment. I will just, I think I'll just feel like, yep, that, that's kind of what I expected. That's horrible, it, though. It, it's going to lower my opinion of this game overall, but at this point, I mean, I, I certainly don't expect any real change to the formula. Yeah. The, I mean, we're dozens of hours in now. Yeah, the, the only thing I can think of that could possibly redeem it is what's going on with Shadar What's going on with the White Witch? What's going on with that guy who has been helping out uh, Oliver? Because we do get a couple of cutscenes. So we get a scene where we see Shadar um, basically defeat Oliver's mom's doppelganger uh, or her soulmate. And he traps her, I guess, her soul inside of an orb. Yeah. Um. And then we get another scene where Shadar's like in his little castle or whatever, his, his throne room. And the guy who's been helping us, the part who's part of the council, he shows up and is talking to Shadar and asking him what his intentions are. To which Shadar's like, I'm going to destroy the world. Uh, and, and then of course he's like, well, what's your intentions? And he's like, I don't have intentions. You know, it's obviously that guy's, helping us for a reason and i'm gonna go ahead and say that's probably gonna be the uh the king the wizard king in disguise i certainly can't see his face yeah i just i just feel like that guy is is him so uh but yeah there is one more email let me i accidentally hit the back button so now i have to go back (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean so i mean that's the other flip side of it is i'm not gonna I, I kind of expect the story to be still a bit trite and shallow by the end of it but even if the rest of this happens and we do get some nice reveals it's not going to change oliver's character at all i don't think no it's not going to change the the uselessness of your side characters and the fact that I can I can I can tell you what's gonna happen. It's gonna be a big reveal, right? They're gonna it's gonna reveal that, that that council member who's been helping Oliver is actually the Wizard King and it's gonna turn to our party members and uh, it, Oliver's gonna say Jeepers and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> is it the same reaction as if he just went to the store and bought some taffy or something? I don't yeah. know. Oh boy, Jeepers, look at this taffy. Oh, Jeepers. All right, see ya. Yeah. I'm, I'm going home. Oh, Jeepers, it's actually the Wizard King. 
Yeah, and I'm just ah, oh, I can see Which, it now, man. It's weird because I don't, I don't think in principle I hate that. If the game was doing something else, like if, if I, I don't think it's the worst goal in the world to say, hey, we just want a simple universal story, good, good versus evil, you know, a boy c- coming, you know, to, to manhood and. You know, he's learning to be a wizard, and, you know, it, it, it's not going to be dark. It's not going to be complicated. It's just – it's a simple story that's universally applicable. Anybody can understand it. You, you may not get a lot out of it, but the story is there, and, and, and it happens. I don't know that that's inherently the worst thing ever, but if that's going to be sort of the story focus, there needs to be other things to sort of offset that. I feel like this game is patronizing me. It, 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 it's, it's, it's like it's mocking me with its, <laughs> with its simplicity. And I'm just like, I'm not a kid. Give me, give me something else. Give me, give me more, please. I'm begging you. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I don't hate this game. But I kind of do. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to. I don't know how else to describe it. I hate the things it chooses to do, but I don't inherently hate it. There's a good game in here, and Nino Kuni Two may very well be that game. But this one is just. Getting on my nerves. I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I can't wait to see the ending of this game. <laughs> so you can stop playing it. So, well, no, not 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 just that. I just want to see if it's if I'm right. I can't wait to see how this game ends. To either a say, oh, that was surprising and that was kind of enjoyable, or b, I knew it. <laughs> I, I fucking knew it. You that, failed me for the last time, yes, game. Yes, and yeah, and I will be. I, I'm going to sit you on the shelf and never look at you again. <laughs> I feel vindicated. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't hate this game. I swear to God. I keep playing it. I'll be honest with you, though. If we weren't playing it for Phoenix Down, I would have quit a long time ago. I, I hate to say that, but it's true. Yeah, I, I don't think I would have. <laughs> because... Not that I want to grind, but that cycle of, all right, grind for 20 or 30 minutes, all right, get 20 or 30 minutes of story stuff is enough for me. Like, if I did that one hour a day, I'd be happy to just keep doing that. That hour feels like two <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, I got this other email up. It comes from Chad. And uh, it says, uh, I don't really have much to say at this point in the game until you're, you get to the end. Uh, basically, you got a new dungeon, fight a boss, get a stone, then repeat two more times. As I mentioned last week, uh, this part of the game was the least engaging for me, and I'm sure it's torturing Drew because he would rather be playing Monster Hunter. You are correct, sir. Uh, however, it was nice to finally start uncovering the mystery of P, uh, and once you get to the next and last town, it's all downhill from there. I don't want to say too much because I'm not sure if you've made 
even made it to the next town. So no, I don't know what's up with P yet, but we'll find out. The 20% or so of the game uh, is all story and dungeon driven. So it does pick up, pick back up a little, but most importantly, it answers some lingering story questions. Let me give you fair warning though. The dungeons get longer and the battles have a little bit more of increased difficulty curve, especially the upcoming boss battles. If you can get through Castle Nevermore, I would say you could probably wrap up this game in one more episode. That is, unless you get stuck having to grind for experience. I feel your pain, Drew, but you can do it, Chad. <laughs> P.S. Which game is more of a struggle to get through, Xeno Gears or Nino Kuni? It took Xeno us Gears four- had technical issues. Yeah, Xeno Gears had technical issues, and it also took us four years to get through Xeno Gears. So I think that one wins by default. Yeah, that one that one will always be the one. The biggest struggle for me, I mean, I've said it a million times. Alone in the Dark is 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 the worst game I've ever played. <laughs> it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was a struggle to get through that game. And I deliberately platinumed it. So I could safely say I never have to go to this game ever again. I, I, out of spite, did everything that you could do in that game. So I have zero reason to ever look at it again. I hate that game with every fiber of my being. (laughs) And it was a struggle and a half to get through that. Um, Xenogears. Xeno Gears is a product of its time. Yeah. You know. Am- ambitious, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you kind of can't help all, uh, you know, most old games are kind of bad now. You know, you kind of can't help that. And I do think PS1 has a bit of a dip where, like, I think it suffered more. Over time, then the PS one was like that hard turning point where they yeah. they didn't have everything figured out just yet. Which um, at the time was a wild frontier. I mean, everything was new. I absolutely loved it. It's why it's my favorite console. I mean, yeah, there was there was tons of new stuff going on. We 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 talked about Metal Gear Solid and how revolutionary that game was. You go back and look at it now; it's ridiculous. This is this it's a blocky character talking to another block. But at the time, man, that blew me away. So, I don't know. But yeah, no, it, it, Xeno Gears going back to some of those old games like that, it's hard. It really is. Perfect example, uh, before Phoenix Down, we had Zombie Frog Gang Club to which we tried doing the first Deus Ex. I got about an hour and a half into that and said, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So I got a, I got a PS one game that I don't know. It doesn't really remind me of alone in the dark, but the way that you just talked about alone in the dark is the way I felt every time I've tried to play this game. I don't know if you've ever even heard of it. I don't think it was that popular, but I picked it up a- after it was a thing. It's called Perfect Weapon. I have never heard of this game. 
I, I don't screenshots probably won't do it justice because I think it looked okay, but the controls were so shit that it 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 was just a nightmare to play over and over again, and I kept playing it. I don't know why. Um, I'll tell you, if you want to go back and play a game that's rough to play, the original Red Faction. This was before they had, um, they had figured out dual analogs. So, I remember playing on the N64, and you can move, you, you basically strafed with the, the, the left thumbstick, and you aimed using the C buttons. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Oh man. Is that how it was on the PS2 as well? Uh, I don't think, not, that was Red Faction 2 that came out on PS2. No, Red Faction 1 definitely did as well. Are you sure? Absolutely. I, the, the terrain deformation in that game is, is, is the game for me. I played that game all the time just to blow holes in walls and shit. Let me let me double check here. Red Faction, first person shooter in two thousand one. What the fuck game am I thinking of then? There was a, I don't remember, I don't necessarily remember that game not having dual analog, but I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't thinking about it at the time because it was so old. Alright, so I just Google searched aim with the C buttons. <laughs> and first thing pops up is Goldeneye, which is not correct. There was a first person shooter, I could have swore it was Red Faction. Um Red Faction controls. How are the controls in Red Faction? Not good. Let's see here. This is on IGN, the boards. This is from 2002. How are the controls in Red Faction? I was wondering how the controls uh, in Red Faction 2, they used to be a perfect dark or golden eye fan, so I really dislike the dual joystick system of many console games today. <laughs> what would I... I like to know is if I can customize controls to allow me to move forward and back left and right with the left joystick and use the right joystick for strafing and looking up and down. I know Red Faction 1 had wonderful controls that allowed me to do wait what? The controls are basically <laughs> the same with movement except with the exception of crouching as L3 and jumping as R2. Yeah, I don't remember the controls being bad in Red Faction. I could have swore it was Red Faction that I was talking about. There was a game on the N64 where you aimed with the C buttons. Anybody out there who knows it, let me know. And it was horrible. That's how some of the PSP shooters had to be as well. Yeah. And it was kind of horrible for the same reason. Although I like the, the Siphon Filter games were actually really good on the PSP. And I think they used that control scheme where you had to use the the face buttons, I think, to, to look around. Yeah. 
A lot of them did. Yeah. Uh, the, um, the wonderful Monster Hunter games on the PSP. Your look was the, unless you did the targeting all the time, the look was, uh, the, uh, D-pad. Talk about a nightmare, man. <laughs> and look how far we've come. Monster Hunter World. Fantastic game. Let's talk about Monster Hunter World for a second. We got time here. Yeah, I, I need to uh, get home so I can play it. Yeah, you. so you have not booted up at all? No, I certainly have. I put about six hours in. Nice. What, uh, what weapon are you using? Uh, I, I've been bouncing back and forth quite a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, my, probably my favorite one so far is the dual little blades. Oh, the dual blades. Yeah. That's a really fast, fast, uh, fast attacking weapon. Yeah. Because I really like the ability to be hopping around the monsters or, you know, rolling around them to stay behind them as needed. If you like that, I highly suggest the insect glaive. The insect glaive allows you to vault basically like a pole vault. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, I've also I've, been using an axe quite a bit because I, I was able to craft like a better one, or like a pretty good one, actually. Yeah. And, the switch uh, axe, you mean? Yeah, the switch axe. Yeah. Where you can turn into a sword or an axe. Haven't messed around with that one too much. Yeah, I tried a couple of the swords. I thought they were okay, but kind of were in the middle for me. I wanted something either faster or more powerful. Yeah. The um, I tried the one one of the guns, but I just it wasn't doing enough damage. Didn't really like how long it took to kill anything. Hmm. I've been using. I uh, started off with the hunting horn. Uh, the hunting horn is is really good. It's a hammer that also buffs with the songs that you play. The issue there is that the hunting horn is really designed for groups, and if I'm solo playing, why I, I like like playing songs and stuff like that just to boost me. And on top of that, like the horn that I was using is a healing one. Why would I play a song when I can just use a potion? Uh, so I switched over to actually a sword and shield to give that a shot. I've never actually played sword and shield before. Yeah, I've, I wanted to try that at some point. I just haven't quite gotten to it yet. Yeah, so I've uh, I've switched over to Sword and Shield for now and see how it takes me. But yeah, Monster Hunter World is a fantastic game. Yeah, I got to the new like deserty area. Yeah, Wilds, I think. I can't remember what's called, but yeah. yeah, something Wilds. Yeah, the second area. I still haven't fought the. T-Rex looking motherfucker in the first area. Oh, you will. Don't worry. I, well, I actually did fight him once, but I got wrecked and uh, have avoided him since. <laughs> so a buddy of mine that works with me, I, he got really into Monster Hunter. This is his first one. And uh, he was a big Destiny player, Division, stuff like that. And he plays with a bunch of people. And I was like, dude, you guys have got to try Monster Hunter. And uh, he's got all deep into it. And uh, him, his group, and me too have started devising nicknames for all the monsters because I can't remember all these guys' names and half the time I can't pronounce them. <laughs> so we have T-Rex, which is the, the T-Rex looking guy. 
Agnaroth or something? Yes, Agnaroth, I think, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like... Anjanath. Anjanath, something like that. And then there's... uh, He's got one that you, you'll fight it in the desert. It He calls it the, the water chicken. <laughs> so we call that water chicken. There's also one that you fought in the in the ancient forest that we just call... Pookie Pookie? We got the Pookie Pookie. We just call it Pookie Pookie because it's, you know... <laughs> He, he calls it, uh, Garfield's, uh, teddy bear, cause, uh, Garfield's teddy bear was named Pookie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just call it Pookie. Um, but there's also that one that's kind of smaller than all the other ones. It looks, it holds a stone. It looks like a, like a, like a bird that holds a stone. So it blocks your attack sometimes. Yeah. So we got water chicken and that one right there is, uh, known as just land chicken. To which we always joke is like, isn't it just a chicken? <laughs> so it's <laughs> we got all these dumb nicknames for him, so we know what we're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that. Yeah, Let's... pretty good. I, I can't wait to get back. Oh, I I, I, actually... I can't wait to jump back into that either. But uh, there's a couple announcements. First one being, um, we were incorrect. Matt and I both were. I don't know where we got. March 31st. I definitely saw that somewhere. I did too. But it's coming out February 15th. Radiant Historia. So I've already got that pre-ordered. It'll be coming the day of. That'll be our next game. Our next game will be Radiant Historia, which is what the first plan was. Uh, then we had announced that we were going to do Parasite Eve 2, which we will save Parasite Eve 2 for after Radiant Historia. Um, that, I, I don't know what happened there, but yeah, we'll be doing Radiant Historia next. So everybody out there, get ready to play along with us on that one. Um, oh yeah, uh, emails, make sure you send those emails in. I want to hear more about Nino Cooney. It's uh, Drew at ZTGD.com. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. And that's it. I'm going to get out of here. It's late. It's almost 11 o'clock at night. I, uh. And those monsters aren't going to hunt themselves. Well, no, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> the monsters can wait. Uh, but yeah, that'll be it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week with the continuation of Nino Cooney. Probably going to be two more episodes. It's going to have to be because I, I have so many, I have two review games I got to finish up and all this other stuff. And then I'm also planning a wedding. So a lot of stuff going on right now, but we'll get there. We'll get it done. But, uh, that's it until next time. I am Drew and I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. We'll be back with the continuation of Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. <laughs>